Hello and welcome to episode 123 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always, and with me today, got Brandon Stevens in the building. Brandon, say hello to the people. What's up, people? Ooh, Brandon's listening. We got Ricardo in the building. Ricardo, say hello to the people. Hey, peeps. We uh, got some... I always do it for the people. Yeah, Ever yeah. since oh, I was yeah. young. Ask around. Yeah. All right, well... uh. Thank you for tuning in. You can uh, listen to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on all the platforms. Uh, if you could like, rate, review, share, and comment, all that stuff, give, you know, give us a little review, five stars only. We would appreciate it. Uh, guys, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jeremy. I had a fun trip down here today, hour and 10 minutes in uh, the Washington wet road traffic. So uh, Seems like a breeze. Yeah, yeah, not too bad for 10 miles. <laughs> yeah it's about sounds about right for the for this area it's like there's that one pocket in in the day where you can travel smoothly yeah. hopefully you make it yeah yeah well we took last week off um you know we had some scheduling conflicts as far as uh guests go and and so i was just like you know what man it's not very it's nice okay. weather we we need to we need a break we needed a break for sometimes for a do. week so we uh we took it off but we took a mental week yeah in in the in that week though i was able to uh get a pretty uh great podcast interview recorded with uh my guy caesar flores casey beasts uh on, on the on the internet mm. just watch for him uh he's you know rapper student like just he's doing doing things man just got off the phone with him uh, today text message not off the phone but you know what i'm saying uh he did get into grad school oh he did uh, we talked we talk about that spoiler yeah. alert Sweet. spoiler alert uh my guy's in grad school so yeah congratulations did he say what school that. he got into he did not i didn't ask so well, i know he said he applied to a few though, a good so. interviewer would have followed up with well which school was it yeah i know i'll, I'll find out i'll let you guys know well, about it. he said he said there was five of them yeah, he said there was a handful for sure. So, yeah, you know, we, we just – I thought it was you – know, he had reached out to me a while back about, like, hey, let's uh, talk about I, – you know, I, I just am getting done with my bachelor's degree. I'm getting ready to go to grad school, applying for grad school. And, you know, I'd really – like, my focus is going to be on helping people with disabilities get back into school. That's what he's going to school for. So um, I just thought that was – you know, he, he thought it would be a great – message for people to hear and and i did too so you know had him on the show and well anxious to not just uh, for people with disabilities this is for anybody well yeah true right? no yeah. absolutely yeah, I, th- I think he talks absolutely. about that right yeah, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, yeah he just he wants to you know i guess he's his focus is towards people that that are dealing with disabilities and like what they need to watch for going back to school what they should expect things like talked a lot about that talked a lot about my experiences his experiences yeah, well, it's not it's not gonna be like you know pay him, like your Lori Lawlin or something, and get no. into college for free. But it's a very it's surprisingly necessary service, and very pertinent to this podcast because you know he he does specialize in people with spinal cord injuries. But you know to have that um, ability to take that across you know all everybody looking into get into this into yeah. universities or colleges i think that's that's amazing well we kind of talked about you know like if so there's like disability support services at, at pretty much every 
college and university these days. Um, well, how was it when you were going to school? Back it, it wasn't too bad. They, there was a, a good a good little office that they had, you know, a couple of people working in that were pretty, they're pretty much, you know, he talks about it in the interview, how an able-bodied person can only go kind of off the textbook definition of what somebody with who's blind is going to need, or somebody with a spinal cord injury is going to need when it's not really as cookie cutter as that. Yeah. So, um, you know, my, it's not black and white. Now, right. Now, like you had a scribe, right? Did you have? A yeah, scribe I had somebody you? that would come with me to uh, to class and take notes. Um, they didn't call them a scribe; they just called them a note taker. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, yeah. he took out his ink was, pen an and his assistant. scroll. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. Uh, yeah, he didn't have a feather uh, yeah. writing with a feather. Uh, but no, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. So I, we just had note takers. Um, and that was kind of like the extent of it or like they would have somebody, you know, maybe like escort, you know, help you get to class. Cause I remember, man, I, so I was taking computer aided drafting and the computer aided drafting classrooms were down this like back hallway. So I, I had to time it right to get there so that there'd be somebody out like walking through. Cause like in between classes, like nobody walked down that hallway. So I would just be sitting there waiting for like five minutes sometimes like, trying to look in the door and somebody get somebody's attention like yo somebody come let me in like i do with my dog when she's at the back yeah door. pretty much pretty i was like the dog at the back door hey, Lou, how long have you been out there <laughs> exactly yeah that was pretty much uh pretty much what i had to deal with but yeah. um yeah i mean he you know we, we go into some some pretty uh interesting topics i felt like in the in the interview about you know kind of the the social expectations of going back to school as well and yeah i didn't have any any issues you know i everybody that i kind of came in touch contact with was always cool there was one guy there was one guy and i remember sitting like i was in like a little commons area you know we Mm -hmm. brandon went to uh south shout out south puget sound community college i always like to call call that the harvard of the of the west oh yeah south puget sound community college it's center of the universe yeah it's like it's like the harvard of like west olympia more like it but uh, i always say where did you go to school actually i always say evergreen state college is probably you've seen my harvard sweatshirt people always say did you go to harvard i said yeah i went to the harvard of the west man and they're like where is that i said south puget sound community college dude yeah yeah, anyway, man, I remember going there and there was this some I was like talking to a couple of people I knew from high school uh, cuz you know, it's a small town, like small community. That's pretty much where everybody went to college at. And this guy that I didn't know at all was just like, "Man, he's like it's probably awesome getting to just cruise around here in a wheelchair." He's like, "You should uh he's like you should uh like act like you're mentally challenged." He used a different word cuz we're talking yeah. about 1999. Uh, he's he's like, word. yeah, he's like, you could probably, you could probably get way more sympathy or something. And I was just like, the fuck are you talking about, man? Like that, if that was a joke, that didn't go over very well, my guy. That's but, like, that's one of those people that doesn't have the filter. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you thought something in your head and then, but yeah. when you but shouldn't have said the, it, you yeah. just, you did. Yeah. yeah. And he's the same guy that parks in the handicap. These days. Right. Yeah. Sh- <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Chet. I think he's in jail for date raping a couple girls. So, um, anyway, no, but yeah, it's, it's either Shad or Chet. Yeah. One of the two. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but other than that, I had, you know, I always had a great experience at SPSC out there at the Harvard of uh, West Olympia. Yep. It was great. Um, 
I didn't have any complaints. And it sounds like uh, Caesar had a good experience too, getting back into it. You know, he said he was pretty a- apprehensive to go back, and and his mom and his girlfriend kind of pushed him. Well, we'll let to the interview speak and, for itself, but it definitely sounded like school provided more than just uh, knowledge. Right. Well, you know, um, one of the things is is that you know I went to school. Right. I went to Tacoma Community College and then I got Shout a job. Shout out to all the community yeah. colleges. Man. Yeah. And I got a job yeah. and I, I quit going because I had this great union job working at the, in the shipyards. And uh, it was union pay back in the 80s. You know, everybody's making like two bucks an hour. Yeah. They're making like 13. You know, it's you're good living pay. large. You know, it was fantastic. The union pay was always yeah. good pay back Yeah, it then. was great, you know. But um, anyhow, um, I think it's important to have uh, mentors and people that push you to go back to school. Uh, luckily, I had a, a gentleman that was a friend of my dad's that uh, was going back to school. He retired, got out of the army back then, and uh, he told me, he said, Ricardo, you know, the only way to move forward, you know, is uh, what you have in your brain, you know, because you can lose everything else. But if you have it in your brain and you can read, you can do anything. And I think that's kind of Casey's <coughs> message, right, is get back into school, get motivated, get back to work. You so know? you went, you so, went back to college? Oh yeah, yeah. I got. I, actually, I finally. So I'm 60 now. So 20 years ago, I finally got my bachelor's. Uh, right after my heart attack, I was in the middle yeah. of a heart surgery and I was writing a paper. Yeah, I did too, yeah, and I so, got my bachelor's degree when I was 30. So yeah, 32. Yeah. So, and education is a good thing. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. And that, like you know, he mentions in the interview too, like we need more representation in kind of all walks of life. So. Um, yeah, just the disability community needs more representation. So, um, I, I agree. I think we need more people going back to sc- going to school, going back to school, whatever the case may be. So, well, you know, Jeremy, if you I've listened to a lot of your um, podcasts, you know, uh, before I got involved with this with you, and there's a lot of highly motivated people in your um, absolutely podcast. Mm-hmm. and very mm-hmm. inspiring. Huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Starting up foundations and doing stuff. I mean. It's pretty amazing. You got a pretty amazing group of people that you've interviewed, and uh, I think that speaks mountains to your amount of work that you do to get these people together. So, I appreciate it. So man. I'm, I'm yeah, very. I, I, I think I'm proud had, to be a part of this. So yeah, I am too, man. I think we've had some great, great guests, including you know Caesar coming back for round two, which I appreciate. And yeah, let's get to this interview, and uh, we'll talk on the other side. Okay. All right, this week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, I'm super excited to uh, catch up with my with my guy, Casey Beasts. Uh, you know, Casey, man, I, I know you had reached out to me, uh, you know, a few months ago. We were, we were talking a little bit. I know you, you've been uh, been in school. You're working on getting into grad school as we speak. And uh, you thought it would be good to, to kind of give some advice to maybe newly injured people or just people that are trying to get back into school. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad we were able to, to link up and make this happen, man. How you doing? Hey, my brother, I'm, I'm doing great. You already know, I, um, I appreciate you having me on as always. I appreciate you, you know, inviting me back and just getting this conversation out. Cause I do feel it's really important for people who are newly disabled and for people who have been disabled for a little bit of time and who just want more information on how to get back into education and for those looking for a career or to, you know, refine their passion, um, there's a lot of ways to do so. And, uh, and I hope we can, uh, you know, shed some, shed some light on that. 
Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And so is there any, any update yet on, on the grad school thing? I know you, you had, a, had applied last time we spoke and you said you hadn't heard anything yet, but um, you got any, any word yet? Yeah. So I had a really um, amazing uh, interview and I, I don't want, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, try to, you know, cross my fingers in this because um, hopefully everything went well in that. And I applied for, to five different grad schools. Um, I just saw uh, this little background on me. So I, um, I graduated from CSUN last semester. CSUN is Cal State Northridge. I graduated from there with a bachelor's in psychology. And um, that was a huge accomplishment for me, but it was always, you know, something that I told myself was one step towards where I really wanted to go. Um, that was once I really decided that education was a big part of my life, um, grad school, right? And, you know, getting a master's and getting a PhD eventually is, is really where my heart's at. So, I um, graduated from CSUN and I applied to five different programs. Um, the programs that I applied for are LPCC programs, which are licensed professional clinical counseling programs. And in essence, what that means is I'll be helping, you know, other people who are similar to me in my situation, get into school and understand what they need to do to graduate on time and on track with whatever they want to accomplish, right? Um, I want to specialize with people who are disabled and who are from disenfranchised or impacted communities, socially impacted communities where, you know, um, they don't have necessarily the right or all the um, opportunity given to them around them. You know, they don't, they don't have a lot of resources that are given to a lot of these high income places. So, like I said, this is where my heart's at. And I know you asked me like, you know, one question, I kind of like, ran around the circle, but it's kind of getting to what we're talking about. Um, anyways, I heard back from one school and I had an interview there and hopefully that one goes well. The other ones we're still waiting to hear back on. And uh, I, I, think, I, think I'm, I think I'm on the right track. I, I'm pretty sure we're going to get a few calls soon. I'm hoping. I like it, man. I like it. That's awesome. Um, and so are, did you apply to all, is it, is this going to be something that you're going to do online? I know a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of school change this in the last two years with uh with covid doing online stuff are you you hoping to go somewhere that you can like go in person to uh to the yeah so i was uh, yeah i was lucky enough to start back on campus before covid happened right so i was injured in 2016 and i didn't go back into you know pursuing my education until three years after that um i pretty much was in the transition period going from a junior college to a four-year university when my accident happened. And when my accident happened, I wasn't sure I'd ever go back to school because of, you know, the trauma that you deal with suffering a spinal cord injury, everything physical that happens to you, all the mental toll that um, is taken when you don't know if you'll ever walk, talk, breathe, eat, whatever the case is for you. Right. So I, um, I had to figure out how to manage and maneuver myself on campus before we went to remote learning. And remote learning did a lot of beautiful things. It showed um, professors and it showed mainly, I think, a foundational lesson for our education system that that being we can use remote learning to facilitate education everywhere and in places that, and for people who don't necessarily have the opportunity to be where they need to be everywhere. Um, but 
my ultimate goal is to be back on campus and to pursue um, a career in that field to where I'm able to help kids on campus, you know. Um, campus is transitioning back to online, I mean, back to in-person learning. And that's been happening in the last year or so. And this was the first semester. I know that Cal State Universities decided to go back to campus. And that just happened, I believe, like February 15th. It was like the day after um, Valentine's Day. And they've been back on campus. I, I believe it's uh, still um, not as many people, but, it, but it's a lot better than it was before. And people are able to kind of get back in person. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, you know, in-person learning is, I feel like, definitely, like, you can do some stuff online, but, yeah, in-person is definitely the way to go, I, I feel like. Um, so, yeah, what, you know, what do you suggest to uh, a newly injured person that's just interested in, like, hey, what are my options? Like, what, you know, where, where do I start if I'm trying to go back to school, trying to get, you know, further my education or just, you know, could continue a, a degree like yourself that, that happened uh, that you'd started before your accident and now you wanted to go back and finish it like what what's the first piece of advice you give yeah so my first piece of advice is always to really think about what you want to do and to and to not overthink it if that makes sense um if you were pursuing your education before your injury and you need time to focus on your physical rehab and really getting physically able as much as you feel you can or independent, right? Um, learning how to manage your wheelchair, learning what you'll need as far as a basic necessity anywhere, anytime you're out in the world, right? Figure that out first because that to me is obviously most important. And for me, I took three years right after my injury happened to really rehab and to like really get my physical body back into motion to where I believed I was able to, you know, manage my myself on campus and the cool thing about being back on campus for me is that it enabled me to be more independent you know there's this thing called the um, the idea act right and this is the individuals with disabilities education act now this is a federal law that supports special education and related service programming for children and youth with disabilities it was also originally known as education and handicapped children act um passed in, seven, in 1975 and in 1990, the amendments to the law were passed, effectively changing the name to IDEA. And again, in 2004, a lot of changes happened to where it starts to include more and more populations from the disabled community, right? Um, and what this act really does is it pretty much ensures that anytime you are in some field where you are attaining education, you're giving the, the, you're giving the opportunity and you're giving everything that's needed to you that's going to assist you to have the best opportunity to achieve education and to achieve a, a good education right not just a education but something that you feel positive about now if you are let's say in the middle of you were of you know in high school and you were transferring to university or you were like me you know my my this is funny about my situation when my injury happened, it, it happened the week before I was supposed to transfer to CSUN and start my four-year university plan. And I, it didn't happen, obviously, because of, you know, how to figure everything out. Right. So um, when I finally decided to go back, I did so because my mom and 
um, my girlfriend and everybody around me was like, yo, you need to go do something again because we see that you're passionate about your physical body, but we know you have a strong mind and we know you can help people in whatever way that means. Um, so, so, go, so go figure that out, right? And at first I didn't want to do it. I was really hesitant. But I learned about this thing called um, the Disability Resource and Educational Services um, Center at CSUN. And what this is, is this is a program, and this is at every college and every university. It's pretty much an office that is designed for alternative testing, and that's open to assure anyone with a disability is giving, or is given what they need in order to succeed in college. This can mean a couple of different things, right, bro? So like for someone like me or you in a wheelchair, this can be as simple as, or not even a wheelchair, someone who's a quadriplegic, right, who has paralyzed hands. This can be as simple as having someone scribe for you, take notes for you, uh, you know, while you're taking your exam. You can take it in a different part of the building by yourself where they give you more time. You have double time, the testing exam, and you have someone in there writing for you, or you can, you know, do it auditorially. Everything is uh, helpful and designed to help the disabled community really succeed as best as they can in higher education. Now that that's, uh, that's great. You know, like I had, a, so I got injured when I was in high school still um, back in 1998. Yeah. And um, I was a senior, it was like halfway through my senior year in January. And I'm pretty sure if I didn't get injured I probably wouldn't like I came back to school and like had all like way better grades than I did when I got hurt so like I think some of the teachers like shout out North Thurston High School pushing me through uh so I got I got my degree for you know probably a little bit uh cheaply but um you know I, I ended up going to like a local community college here and yeah they they would provide me with a note taker and uh you know things like that um and basically, yeah, like if I needed more time on tests or anything like that, or special accommodations, because I'd have to like tell somebody what to write down on the paper or whatnot. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess so. That, so yeah, like like you said, that that's from '91 is when that uh, law was kind of transformed into the idea, or be known as idea. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that was yeah. And what, that. what I love about more than anything about like you know being able to have something like that be a federal law obviously it creates a system to where like we really um we we really do have every opportunity to succeed when we're there the, the hardest part obviously is dealing with humans and dealing with people and, and what you assume people are going to treat you like right because um it's an environment where you have to willingly put yourself out there and willingly accept that you are going to be a sore thumb occasionally not always because you're not always going to feel like you're the odd man out but there are going to be times that you being you know someone in a wheelchair just like anytime you're in the regular world you kind of have to accept that and be okay with that it's not a big deal um because because it's kind of a their problem not your problem you get a weird look from anybody right that's their problem that's not really your problem you're, you're living your life that's you know, a good way to look that's at what it, i had sure. That, that's what I remember. You know, I, I can imagine similar for you, right? When you went back, you had to kind of learn how to like manage being okay with who you were now. Yeah, no. Yeah. And it's definitely a transition, man. So you're going from, 
you know, high school, you've been, been with these people for years and like everybody knows you, even though now you're in a wheelchair. So like a whole new, like, and there's, you know, multi-generations in every class kind of like, you know, there's older folks and younger folks and, um, yeah, everybody kind of, uh, all together there. And so, yeah, you're meeting new people and, and sometimes it can be awkward and especially like when you're just getting used to being in a wheelchair, but yeah, I mean, I, I had a pretty positive experience myself, like, thankfully, I mean, everybody was super cool and, um, didn't have many issues at all, um, to, you know, really to talk about as far as negative, uh, negative things happening. So that, that was one positive. You know, it's cool too. I've, I've realized too about like college campuses. And I probably made it sound like people are terrible people. <laughs> That's kind of like the cynic in me, right? Um, but I, I will say this, college campuses are very accessible and they're very accessible, friendly. Like almost everything that you see around is enabled for you to be able to use with a disability. Um, as far as like, they have ramps for almost everything. They have doors that open. They're some of the most um, accessible places that I think are in between for a lot of people because when you're managing the outside world and let's say you live in an environment that's you know rough or rugged terrain, uh, the college is usually paved so that it's not that. And when you're maneuvering through these places, I'm sure you can attest to this, um, when you're by yourself, you don't feel as insecure and people are more willing to help. Like you will notice that, I, I will notice, I will, I'd be sitting eating my, my lunch and somebody's like, are you okay? Do you need any help? And I'm like, no, I don't need any help. I'm just eating my lunch. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like, like almost too, yeah, people almost too trying to be too helpful sometimes. Yeah, but. yeah, they are almost. And, and it's funny, like, I never take offense to that. You know, it's cool to me when people are like that. Um, it's just funny, you know, how to, 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 for me, I was able to gain so much independence from being back on campus and just learning how to maneuver. There's so much that you benefit, not only... Um, as far as getting your degree and, you know, gaining some sort of wealth eventually in your life and building um, something that you're proud of. It's more, you're creating, like for me as well too, like you create an identity while you're there. You're figuring out who you are and you're gaining these social experiences again with people that you might not have had um, in a place. You know, it's not like going to a bar before your injury where you're like, hey, or, you know, going to uh, somewhere with your friends before your injury. You, you are um, on a campus and everybody's there for the same goal to, to get their degree, right? And you're all paying money to this university. That's the next part I think I also want to talk about too is paying for school and getting your, um, your money. Because I think a lot of people, they are discouraged from really chasing a college degree because they also, you know, they're also worried about paying for it. And that's, you can't really blame them for that, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, man, those uh, those financial aid checks are uh, pretty dope because Social Security doesn't. Uh, I don't think they mess with you on those. It's a way to get a little bit of extra money too, man. When you're uh, when you're dealing with this injury, because I know I don't know about you, I was definitely on Social Security when, at that time, and uh, that was that was a, a nice little bonus, man. So yeah, I um I I see like so for me, I was. I was really lucky. I, it's, it's, I feel like every moment leads to, you know, I'm a really strong believer as far as, 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 as far as you can be and like everything happens for a reason. Right. So like, I, I, I remember these small moments before my injury that kind of led me to this moment 
And a lot of it was just understanding how the education system might not be made for you to succeed, but you can still succeed in it just by knowing how to maneuver through it. Um, things like, you know, signing up for financial aid on time, things like finding grant programs, where to look for grant programs, which grant programs are available to you based off your culture, ethnicity, experience, uh, disability, whatever it may be. Um, there's so much that you can get that can help you pay for. And a lot of people just don't know where to find these resources. And that's kind of where a lot of the trouble stems from. Because when you don't know where to find these resources, you're constantly denying that they have, they even exist, right? Right. Now, so the degree that you're hoping to go for at graduate school, um, it, the you know, I know at the the community college I went to here in Washington State, they had like a disability support service uh, um, office, I guess, and that was who would like you know, get you note takers and you know other people like needed somebody to like assist them around the campus, things like that. Um, so is that essentially yeah. what what you'd be doing? And do they have those? They have that at your school yeah. or at the school you just graduated from there? Yeah. So what it is more than anything is, um, I think it's funny. Like I, for me, I, I I noticed when I you know signed up for my disability resource and educational services, I realized that these a lot of these people don't really know what we need. They kind of they're told what we what we need as far as like thinking the baseline of like a template you could say right of what they think our key needs are and like how they can fulfill those but they don't understand our disabilities the way we do so i would love to be able to you know create more accessibility through my own experience and knowing that you know this is what helped me but also asking my peers and realizing like what helped you know what helps them and, and creating more systems to where it becomes more accessible, right? Um, I'm only part of, you know, me and you are only part of one disabled part of the community. And that is, we both have spinal cord injuries, but as far as, you know, being uh, deaf or blind or something like that, like we, we, we might not know what those needs are as much as someone who is deaf or blind will. And I think that's where it becomes more of like, we need to be in these places because like, if we don't have a seat at the table, how can we create real change? And that's really what it comes down to is being in these spaces to where we can provide access to others through our own you know, knowledge, experience, um, whatever it is, right? Yeah, you know, I think that's a great point, man. Just, you know, cause yeah, if I'm going into, into try to get into school and I'm like, hey, let me go talk to somebody in you know, disability support services. And there's somebody in there that, that has an injury similar to mine or, it, you know, whatever, just can empathize, not even empathize, but just like know what what it is that I'm going to be embarking on here and say, hey, you know, here's what what worked for me. Um, you know, here's what worked for other people in, our, in this situation like that. That's a huge, huge thing, because, yeah, like, you know, an able bodied person that doesn't have any, you know, isn't suffering from a disability of any kind, hasn't maybe had people in their family that have suffered from disabilities of any kind, like then how are you going to know what we really need? It's just like a, you know, like they're going to take it out of like a, a textbook, like, okay, well here, this, you know, this guy can't move his hands. He needs a note taker. And then, you know, just like very basic. Was, uh, What's that? Yeah. I was, I was uh, it's funny because the, the, one of the first things that my counselor and I had to change counselors because of this 
one of the first things that she wanted was like, she's like she, she really wanted me to, to, to take my test in their office. She was really adamant about me taking my test in their space. And for some people with disabilities that might work better. I, for one, preferred to take my test with my classmates in a regular classroom because that felt a lot more, I would say just quote unquote normal to me, but it also just felt a lot more like something I could do. But she, she really assumed that I could not take a test in class. And that almost bugged me because my biggest problem wasn't that I couldn't take a test in class. My biggest issue was if I had to pee and I needed to pee, I needed to know that it was okay for me to go. And my, my professor couldn't, couldn't, couldn't do anything. And that was like on her list of things, maybe the third thing down that she cared about. So it's, it's all about, you know, understanding that not every injury is the same and not every person is gonna take it the same, you know? Um, I've gotten a lot of help. Like, it's funny because I, I care about that, but like, what I realized too is if somebody's gonna hold the door open for you, eventually so like, you'll be in class and I used to worry about these things like how am I going to use the restroom I need to and then I had to go and that, that moment came and then all of a sudden I'm trying to open the door and eight people jump up to try to help and open the door for me and, and, it, and it's one of those things where I think we deserve to be in the spaces we have so much to contribute as people with disabilities um and I think that's what it takes for us to get back into it like being disabled and understanding that accessibility creates opportunity and, 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 and so much for so many of us. It, it, it makes me so happy to see people with disabilities attaining education. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. It's, it's so important. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it definitely like, it, it gives you pride in like what you're doing. Like there's, there's so many different levels, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's one of those things that we kind of need for our community to understand, for other people to understand what we need. If we can create, because if we can create more, more people that look like me and you in these spaces, then it becomes less of a taboo and it becomes more of a norm to where there's engineers who are in wheelchairs who are creating more equipment and accessibility, you know, options for us. There's more just scholars and educators and, and, and people who are innovators and just creatives who have disabilities and who create more accessibility for other people with disabilities who hence, you know, it, it just, it's a chain reaction. And I think that's so important for us not to forget because if they, um, and they, as I mean, like people who are able-bodied, if people who are able-bodied are the only ones creating for us, how would they ever really know what we really need? Right. No, I, can't, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, you know, so we're, we're talking earlier about, like, first steps. First step is figuring out what you want to do uh, as far as, you know, continuing ed education. But, I, you know, I, when I got, at the time of my injury, my plan was to go to the same school I ended up going to and doing their like firefighter, I was gonna be, I wanted to be a firefighter. So I was gonna go to their their program they had at this school. And obviously that drastically changed after my accident. So you got, you know, you gotta kind of roll with the punches as far as that goes. But then, so what, you know, once you figure out what you wanna do, um, what, what are, what's the next step? Um, do you think, is it applying for financial aid? Is it going in and talking to somebody at the school? Uh, what, what would exactly. you suggest? So I 
funny. I'm so glad you brought it back because this is how you know you're a great uh, podcaster because you were able to bring this right back because I was probably rambling. But yeah, <laughs> the first step over everything is you want to make sure over everything that you contact your school or the school you're thinking about going to. You can Google their Google their admissions information and you contact somebody and you say, hey, I am a disabled student and I will be attending your school in the fall or in the spring. And you let them know that you want to be in contact with their disability resource services and they will have some sort of name for it. It might be like, you know, like I said, at my school, it was called DRES, D-R-E-S, the Disability Resources of Educational Services. And at your school, it might be something similar or it might be something different. However, there is some something that can help you get there. And I think it's just about- And, and, they'll, probably, and they'll probably know what you're talking about when you call and say, hey, I'm, I have a disability, I need to talk to somebody about- Oh, certainly. Yeah, well, certainly, and that's, that's, that's what it is. After you do that, then you want to make sure you have your financial aid in order. Um, the financial aid is always, like, best to do at the beginning of the year, so, like, January, February, March. That's when you want to make sure you're doing your financial aid. Um, speaking of, I got to finish my that's, – that's, that's, that's my uh, to-do list by the end of this month. You know, I got to get on that. But, yeah, by the end of March is when you want to really have your financial aid done for the year and you have to renew that every single year. Um, and it's just as simple as making sure and your numbers are. That's really good to know because, you know, most people are like, yeah, I'm gonna go to school in the fall. Like what, well, you know, I'll deal with my financial aid like leading up to the fall, but yeah. So, so really you wanna be you money. way ahead of the game. Yeah, you won't get money. And there's also, if you live in California, I don't know um, how many of your, your viewers live in California, but if you do, there's this thing called the BOG fee waiver. And if you are applying to junior college um, and you don't have to be in a, in a wheelchair or have a disability to use this, it's simply a low income wager to where you let them know that you aren't making a million dollars a month and your classes come out to be a dollar each. Wow. That's, yeah. And that's, that's the whole state of California. So there's more information on that too that I can give. Um, and if anybody has more like information as well too, brother, and they hit you up, you can give them my information or they can hit me up personally as well. So I can guide them and work with them because I really do believe in creating this uh, system to where most, there's, there's a lot more of us in, in school. Yeah, no, that, that's great. That's great to know. Um, I think it'll be helpful information for sure for people. And damn, I can't believe you guys get uh, junior colleges dollar a class. That's, that's uh, yeah. great, man. That's really cool. Um, that promoting people going, you know, I think education is never a bad thing. So uh, yeah, that's great. Um, you know, and yeah, I guess switching gears a little bit. Um, I know last time you were on, we talked about, about your album. Uh, it's Rise, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And that was, uh, man, I'm like, this album is good. I'm going to put a link to the album on, on the, the podcast uh info page so people can go check it out i still bump this man all the time like i'm, I'm a hip-hop head for sure and uh this one is this is you know i don't even want to say like you're you're great for a dude in a wheel like you're you're a great rapper bro like great musician like i love it so uh everybody should go check that out but where where are you at with the music thing right now so i pretty much am uh, am hands-on with music and with school that's like the two main things that I do next to gaming and creating content on TikTok for wheelchair 
uh, tips, tricks, accessibility, laughs, whatever it may be. Um, oh, yeah, I didn't so, even realize you were on TikTok, man. I got to get, I got to connect with you on there too. I love TikTok. And if anybody wants to find me on any of these platforms, they can, like you said. Um, so I'm sure like you can find the link for them, right? It's more than anything, music for me is my passion on the highest level. I love music and I do music every day, but I wouldn't be able to create the way I do. I thank you for all your compliments, but I wouldn't be able to create like that if it wasn't for school and for learning about like different aspects of life, right? And, and I know a lot of people might, might tell you otherwise that you don't need school to be successful. Um, you don't. But for me, it was a, a gateway to showing me like I'm a good writer. I can put things and words together and, and, and create a story. And with my music, it's been the forefront of my life. Like I thought I was going to be a rap star by the time I was 27. I'm 29 now. And, you know, that wasn't my that wasn't my life journey. But what I realized um, throughout creating is that creating is for me and my art. So I share my art with the world and I do that full time still however it's not like something that i'm like like i'm not pursuing to be like i'm like the next rap blog you know even though i think i'm good and i, and, and I agree with you and i agree and i appreciate you but it's like um yeah i think life just it, it put me into a perspective to where i see music as my creative outlet more than i see it as a career that makes right. sense yeah, I mean, the, hey, that's you need a creative outlet too, man. Everybody does. It's uh, you know, you can't be like strictly by the books, like a nine to five job, and like not not have some fun and like some yeah, like some kind of outlet like that. So, yeah, I don't want it to sound like I'm like giving up my dreams either. Cause that's not <laughs> what it is. Either. Like it's just more or less. I think uh, music is uh, or being in a wheelchair has showed me that like I can create that same amount of passion that I had for music. And I can give it to the world in a different way. And I can, you know, express that same love that I have for something and trueness and just um, share that a different way and still have the same impact. That's all music has ever been for me is creating impact. I've always wanted to use my words to create impact. So if I can do that with this now, um, so be it, you know, let God use me as that vessel. Yeah, I, I love it, man. The, the album's great. We'll definitely check it out. The album's called Rise um and yeah it's it's fantastic uh but yeah like so is there any, any other points you want to touch on here uh before we before we wrap it up don't let anyone tell you what your journey should consist of whether that be being a rap star or whether that be going back to school or whether that be taking a three-year hiatus and just focus on building your body um if you just recently became disabled, reach out to people who have been in the same situation as you. And when you're ready, share your journey and just pay it forward and give people that same opportunity to learn from your experience the way it was given to you. Um, that's all I want to do. That's all I really want to do and come on here more to share with you, with people. Because I think school is, is a good way. It's like an in-between. It doesn't mean like you have to pursue a career after that. You can go to junior college and just learn a little bit more about the world, right? And then take that with you and go figure out what other passions you have, right? It's just more about knowing that it's the opportunities out there. And yeah, that's pretty much it, right? All right, man, I love it. Well, uh, yeah, Casey Beasts, uh, Cesar Flores, like my guy, man, I'll, I'll definitely put the links to all of your, uh, your social media 
uh, on the on the podcast notes along with the the album and um we'll yeah hopefully anybody that has any questions for you can definitely connect and uh and yeah man until next time i hope we i hope to hear good things soon about the grad school uh admission and and yeah we'll we'll keep up man for sure and, and and have you back on down the road a little bit thank you brother i appreciate you always what you do here and how you're changing lives and shaping people and helping create a voice for us too because um as you know, what you're doing is is literally what um, what I want other people who are disabled to do. You know, share their story to to impact others. I appreciate the kind words, bro. I do, man. I I, I appreciate your support and uh, and yeah, thank you again for coming on, man. It's always a pleasure. All right. love my brother. All right, man. All right, that was Caesar Flores or KC Beasts on all of his uh, streaming platforms. Um, yeah, check him out. Uh, connect with him. I'll, I'll attach all of his social media links on, on the podcast notes, so go ahead and check those out. And, yeah, what what'd you guys think? I thought I thought it was a great message just to, you know, be able to I, – I wish I would have had that note when I was going back to college, you know what I mean, or get, get, starting college yeah, out. Yeah, you wouldn't – you had no idea what you were getting into, so no. it would have been nice to have somebody help bridge that um, that gap there so you didn't come into it not knowing anything. But also, you know, Caesar, he's inspiring me right now and finding, like, something he's passionate about. I think that's, you know, one, what, what school's for, you know, finding something you're very passionate about, and two – um, you know, gaining that knowledge and, and how you're going to make that, that plan and put it into action. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, talking to him, um, you know, it's, it's so true about the, that social aspect of it. Cause like, I remember being freaked out. Like I didn't want to go, you know, to, I, I didn't want to have to go deal with like a bunch of people. Cause like I, you know, I got injured when I was in high school. So graduate from high school and i felt bad like i i felt like i was like making light of things a little bit too much because i'm like shit they you know shout out to north thurston high school for uh for pushing me through because i'm not sure if i would have graduated if uh if i didn't get injured yeah. and that uh and talking about the uh the come up on the the financial aid checks yeah definitely match <laughs> shout out to north thurston high school for you getting injured uh, what's uh, that i said definitely matt should shout out to north thurston high school brandon's so bitter <laughs> brandon's so bitter that matt graduated on time like he's like there's no way your brother's graduating if uh, you don't get hurt jeremy uh, they took it easy on him for sure he thinks that they but, uh he thinks that everybody gave matt oh, they gave him a sympathy grade for sure man but yeah. you know um that that was something I wasn't really expecting out of the interview to find out like how important it was to be like back out in the community and being well being part of a community right, right. because that's essentially what happens when you go to school you start to see the same people every day yeah you, you know you get to know the professors the students you know the people in the lunchrooms the everybody walking by on campus and then you become part of a community and that stuff goes a long way for somebody for anybody really who's willing to put themselves out there. And then they didn't really, he didn't even really know that that was going to be such, have such a huge impact on him. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. And that that's true for me too, because I was pretty like reclusive when I first Absolutely, got injured. Man. Like I just didn't like being around people. No. I didn't like, 
I don't know if I had some PTSD, just oh, like yeah. being nervous and being around well, people. You know, Self-conscious too, yeah. bro. Like, it's a whole yeah. new environment for everybody. You yeah. know, when you, you're moving into the real world, you know, you're uh, having to become an adult. And there's a lot of uh, like taking care of your financial aid, you know, all that yeah. stuff that a lot of people don't really dive deep into. And um, I think one of the reasons I didn't go to school, well, I did go to school um, right after high school. I went to WSU for one semester, and I just uh, went to classes sometimes, too. Um, you were <laughs> there. Was, yeah, that's, you yeah. were there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, my dad got a letter from the dean that was in 1980 and said, uh, you know, that I was failing. So he gave me three months to get a job or join the Army, and luckily I got a job. But... Um, Anyhow, uh, you know, you don't realize all the things that you have to do, especially um, young people that don't have a support system, right, to push you through it. There's a lot of paperwork. I mean, I remember doing all that stuff for the boys, you know, getting all that stuff in place, getting all the financial aid set up, you know, and then it's probably even, you know, more compounded with all the social services that you have to coordinate through to get somebody, especially like you, Jeremy, you know, you had your special little note taker and <laughs> on my scribe, <laughs> your scribe. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I got a question for that. Did, did you ever fail any classes? Cause you had a bad note taker? No, no. You know, what's funny is I like barely ever Used read the notes. notes anyway. Like I just, <laughs> yeah, I just, I uh, mean, they were getting paid. paid to do it. So yeah, it's not like, yeah, they weren't just volunteering out of the kindness of their heart, but, um, yeah, so I, I mean, I did. I would use the notes on some things, but a lot of I stuff I would I actually think just... if I had someone taking notes for me and I could just pay attention to the lecture, that that probably would have been – I probably wouldn't yeah. have used the notes either because it oftentimes definitely... you're just writing and you're not paying attention. Yeah, yeah. You're right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that definitely did help, you know, just being able to focus on, on the lecture or whatever at hand. So, um, but, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's important, though. Like, everybody, you know, you got to be included. And, and if that's what it takes, like, whatever it takes should be provided. So, you know, make it's sure. It's definitely a difficult system to maneuver. Yeah. You know, and, and being 19 or 18 and not knowing anything about anything, really, mm -hmm. especially how all these systems work, it's it's pretty much just sign your name because, I, you know, they told me to. Yeah. Right. And you yeah. don't really know, like, what you're doing. Uh, you just be kind of still doing what you're told to do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, I'm, you know, I'm thankful that, that Caesar was able to come on and kind of share some of his knowledge with us and, and hopefully inspire some people to, to go back to college. Or if you were on the fence, you know, one way or the other, you, you chose to, to do it. So. Just do it. Just do it. Well, yeah. Well, anyway, with that said, guys, I think, uh, you know, anybody else have anything to say? Otherwise, we will go to the next one. we got a big guest next week. Well, thank the beast for us. I <laughs> right? Uh, for real. Yeah, Casey's the man. Um, yeah, we have a great guest next week as well. One I've been working on for a while. I don't even want to say the name because I don't want to jinx it because I've thought I've had this one in the bag for for Joe over Biden? a year now so no it's not joe biden oh, okay no <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was gonna come on but he forgot hey, man donald trump went on a podcast last week hey, yeah yes <laughs> could be it could be could happen. let's go what's up joe By byron hit us up i want to get them both on have them uh talk about how great they're doing 
<laughs> anyway. Uh. All right, guys. Until next week. Talk to you later. later. Thanks, Jerk.